We're good. No, not in sync. Sorry, Justin Timberlake. Love Justin Timberlake. Just didn't know he was in NSYNC. Um, that's my that's my claim to fame. I'm the kid on national TV that didn't know Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC. Um, have to live with that the rest of my life. But I grew up, you know, in Georgia. We have, you know, so much we're so much music. Just a rich history of it, you know. 15 minutes down the road from where I grew up, Otis Redding grew up. I mean, so that, the Allman Brothers were right down the road in Macon. The intersection of good drinks, good music, and good times. This is Hops and Spirits Bar Conversations. Well, spooky season is officially upon us. Yes, we're in October. Halloween's right around the corner. I uh, hope you've got uh, all the candy you need and uh, maybe some drinks for the adults, too, that are, you know, helping the kids uh, enjoy uh, the holiday as well. We got a great episode for you this week. We talk with a brand new country artist. He was on Claim to Fame. He's Jason Aldean's cousin. You might know him better as Logan Crosby. He was a, a fun chat to get to know. He's got a cool story. You know, we talk about Claim to Fame, uh, just how he has come about into this music world, and also uh, his favorite drinks, because, you know, that's what we do here on Bar Conversations. And normally I'd flip it over to Tasting Notes. And if you didn't know this, we introduced a new expert last week. Her name is Allison Settle. She talked tailgate food and drinks. Uh, if you missed that episode, go check it out. We also talked with Dallas Remington in our main conversation. But we have no tasting notes this week because I want to tell you about a brand new uh, series that we have here at Hops and Spirits. It's called Neat and Mixed. It's a review series where I, myself, and uh, a good buddy of mine, Brandon Evans, we review different releases, mainly, mostly, most likely always in the whiskey and bourbon world, but we might uh, dabble in other things because this is called Hops and Spirits. Uh, but we review things, and if you guessed it, neat and mixed, yes, he drinks it neat, and I drink it mixed, usually with ice first and then maybe a little Coke Zero because, as we all know, folks drink whiskey, bourbon, all sorts of different ways because, our, as we always like to say, drink it how you like it. Um, and that is so true on this, but not everyone gets to really see what some of these things taste like. And you might want to know, is it worth mixing with something? Well, it could be. Uh, and sometimes uh, that's how some of these taste better, in my opinion, maybe uh, for, for you as well. But you also can get that neat experience from Brandon. And it's a really cool series, and we hope you enjoy it. You can see the full episodes on Facebook and YouTube. You can also get some shorter versions on TikTok as well because we only try we try to keep those below three minutes there. But our, our YouTube and Facebook go a little bit longer, um, sometimes uh, upwards of 10 minutes or so as we talk about um, what we're getting, some of the uniqueness about some of these places that are you know letting us try these bourbons and whiskeys and also just being our goofy selves. And if you don't know, uh, Brandon has a stage name, your boy Brandon. So <laughs> you can only imagine the fun we have. And like I said, Neat and Mixed Reviews, they drop typically on Wednesdays. You can find them on our Facebook page, our YouTube page, and also on TikTok as well for a little shorter version if you just don't have as much time as you would like to watch the full-length version. And also, you should check out our Hops and Spirits Kentucky podcast. Well, even if you're not in Kentucky, I'm guessing you might visit Kentucky at some point if you're checking out the Bourbon Trail or one of our many wonderful distilleries here in the state. We talked to those breweries, restaurants, all sorts of things. It's drinks, food, art, fun, all in Kentucky and occasionally beyond as well. We have a lot of fun there. And if you need help with any of this, go to hopspirits.com because that's where you can find all of the goodies that we have. And you can also find us on social media at hopspirits, all one word, on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and of course, TikTok. So you never miss a thing. And uh, on some of those social media, we have a little more fun too. 
a little more uh, unique videos and our stories as well, kind of showing our day-to-day life uh, because that's what I think people enjoy. And I know what you will enjoy, that Neat and Mixed Review series. Like I said, Facebook and YouTube, and I know you'll enjoy our conversation with Logan Crosby. That's up next. Cheers. Remember to check out Hops and Spirits on social media at Hop Spirits, all one word, on Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, and Twitter. You can also find Hops and Spirits on YouTube and at hopspirits.com. Joining us here for our bar conversations, he's you might know him from TikTok. Maybe you saw him on ABC's Claim to Fame. Please welcome in country artist Logan Crosby. Logan, welcome. Thank you for having me. Well, I appreciate you joining me, and uh, I, I think I know the answer to this question. I always like to start it off with, what, what are you drinking? You got anything good tonight? So uh, what, what's in your glass, or what are you drinking? I've got a ice-cold Miller Lite. <laughs> I like it. A classic. My that's drink that's, of choice. That, that is the drink in my household growing up. I think that's my dad's favorite drink. I went a little stronger tonight, a little restoration rye, Castle and Key out of out of Kentucky, where I'm where I'm based. So now, now if it's not beer, do you ever do a little whiskey or bourbon? I do. I love some whiskey. Um, let's see, Buffalo Trace is my everyday. Um, I like some Buffalo Trace. Um, let's see what else we got. If I'm really feeling, you know, high class, a little bit of Weller, but mainly Buffalo oh, Trace. You know, that's not a bad one to have. Not a, not not at all. Now, have you? Have you gotten to go check it out? Have you been able to go up to the distillery yet? I have not. That was kind of on my, my dad turned 50 back in 2020. And as a 50th birthday present, I was going to take him up there. But uh, obviously everything happened in 2020. Wasn't able to make it up there. But that's still on my bucket list to do. Well, you'll, you'll have to check it out because it's got a lot, a lot of cool history. And, of course, you get to see all your favorite drinks. So you can't beat that. <laughs> there we go. No. Now, now, you know, you're drinking a Miller Lite, but I got to ask you a food-related question because on claim to fame, you ate a scorpion. Uh, how, how did that taste, and what was that like? You know, I'm going to be honest with you. The scorpion, the ta- there was no taste to it. So to everybody watching and listening, there's no taste to it. It just, you know, it's like sandpaper. So it's like if you just yeah. went to the beach, your favorite beach, grabbed a handful of sand, put it in your mouth, and tried to swallow it. It's not going to work. But the taste wasn't bad. There was no taste. There was no taste at all. So so it wasn't too bad, but I'm guessing you're not going to try to go seek that out ever again. No, you know, if I'm on a vacation and somebody's like, let's go eat, you know, let's go to this high-class bar and eat a scorpion, I'm going to tell them, you know, we're not going to do that. But it was for, you know, trying to win $100,000. You know, you, you do some crazy stuff to try to win, you know, a TV show. <laughs> Well, I was going to say, on that TV show, you did a pretty good job of keeping your identity hidden. How difficult was that, and what was it like being on the show? Yeah, so, I mean, it really wasn't that, you know, for me, difficult, um, mainly because I don't think a lot of people in the house really knew a whole lot about country music, which was great for me. Um, And a lot of my clues, you know, were misinterpreted. But it was a lot of fun being out there. It was super cool. Um, you know, I got called about it and, and really didn't know if I was going to do it or not. And then, you know, I made my mind up and, you know, luckily got second place and was on there for a good bit. But um, it was fun. But, I mean, it was one of those things they didn't really know a lot about country music. And, you know, anybody that watched knows that I 
didn't and still don't know a whole lot about pop culture. So, you know, a little trade-off there. <laughs> now, now, have you done any studying since? So in case you go to a trivia night, you, you might be a little bit better. I have, oh yeah, I've gone to multiple trivia nights since then. Um, and I try to watch, you know, one good classic movie a week. Back in the summer, it was like one, you know, one a day, but watch some good ones. There were some good movies that I've missed, but there were a couple that I watched that I'm, you know, glad that I went 21 years without watching, but done my best. <laughs> I've listened to a lot of NSYNC as well. So I didn't know that Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC because, look, I was born in the back end of 2000. So, you know, by the time I could remember stuff, they were kind of starting to, to die off. So I didn't really know, but, you know, it is what it is. I was going to say, way, way to make me feel old at, at, you know, 35, you know, born after 2000. <laughs> but you know, when you're doing something like that, how long ago was that that you kind of recorded that? I mean, if you can say and like, was it weird not talking about it for a good while? I mean, like not to give stuff away or anything like that? Yeah, so I mean, I can't really say, you know, when we filmed it, but it wasn't, you know, a long, long time ago. The turnaround was pretty quick, so, you know, it was hard not saying a lot. Um, it was funny talking to other contestants because some of them would say, you know, well, my relative knows, you know, what was what it was about and what I got and, you know, who was on there, and I never really said anything, and it was kind of cool watching people, you know. I would do a lot of watch parties, so I would literally be sitting there knowing what's about to happen, and then everybody else watches it, and they're like, oh, my God, we can't believe that, and I'm like, look, I've known that for months. But um, it was it was cool, but I really didn't have a, a ton of, you know, trouble, you know, keeping my mouth shut about it, luckily. So, but it was good. It was good, and I think that that's kind of what kept it. There were no leaks. There were no big spoilers that came out which was awesome so i think that's why people kept coming back every week to watch it and i mean do you keep in touch with with anyone from the show i mean any any friendships come about that that you still you know text or or, you know share a drink on occasion oh yeah i mean we we talk often i mean i actually text a lot of them yesterday we have a group chat and then kind of separately we all kind of you know, talk to each other and make sure everybody's good. And when we see, you know, them on vacation or going out to a music festival or something, you know, we text them and talk to them. So, I mean, it's one of those things that we're all friends. Anybody that goes through an experience like that, you know, everybody kind of comes out friends on the other side. Well, and, you know, for, for you, you, you've also been doing this music thing. You're, 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 you're getting into the, to this side, side of it all, but for your, TikTok followers, they probably know this, but those that might not know that you, you're a big hit on TikTok, what made you go viral? Because it wasn't music, right? It was some kind of like silly video? It was. It was not music at all. It was actually a video about college and uh, partying in college, which I was really good at, so I knew a lot <laughs> about you know that topic. Um, so I, I made a video, and it got about 2.5 million views kind of within a couple of days. Um, and there were some people that watched it, and they're like, hey – we stalked your TikTok and we saw that you sing. Will you sing, you know, I think the first cover was like Lady May. Then it was What Are You Listening To by Chris Stapleton and on and on and on. And kind of from there, it got a little bit bigger than I thought. Um, so I started playing some live shows and then really got into writing about this time last year. Um, my uncle brought me up to Nashville for a weekend and introduced me to some people and let me play a little show. And I'm like, all right, this is, this is what I want to do. But, yeah, it was not music at all. It was, you know, kind of me just being – a goon, which I'm really good at, um, 
and I still do that. I still post a lot of stuff about that on TikTok, but it was not music at all that kind of set that whole thing in motion. Well, I mean, I was going to say, what's it like sharing the musical side, you know, on, on social media? Cause like in instances like this, it can be good. you got people requesting, but sometimes, you know, feedback can always be maybe not exactly what you're hoping for. Oh yeah. I mean, I think that's the, the one thing about being an artist and being somebody that puts music out is, you know, we all want to be loved, but there's always going to be people that don't love us necessarily. And, um, you know, a lot of times though, most people that have come on my page have given me honest feedback that they, you know, Hey, this song, you didn't breathe right on this note, or you didn't emphasize this word, but I've never really had anybody come in and be like, you know, you're absolutely terrible at singing, which I'm sure there's people out there that, you know, may think that, but they have not shared it. But, you know, it's definitely one of those things that when you put yourself out there, you immediately open yourself up to criticism. But luckily, you know, most people that listen to country music are super nice about it. And, you know, if they didn't like it, you know, they don't say anything. But if there's something that they think you need to work on, they don't have a problem telling you, but they usually do it respectfully. Well, I was going to say nothing wrong with a little constructive criticism it's it's it what everyone kind of needs as they they grow grow up and you've loved music i think since a young age i mean you know you got the bug maybe back from your your grandma's church is that right i did that's kind of where i started singing um my grandma went to a church in soperton georgia um bonus points to anybody watching that knows where that is if you know you ever see me one day i'll buy you a shot if you know where soperton georgia is without looking it up on google um, but there were 20 people at her church. It was a little Baptist church, and, you know, the preacher would call the choir up, and 18 people would get up and go in the choir and sing to the two people that didn't. And, you know, I'm just like, why don't we just stay in our seats, you know? And But they wanted to do it that way, and she kind of started making me go up there, and I didn't want to, um, but she made me and kind of forced me to sing in front of people and, Kind of got the bug from there and then segueing into, you know, claim to fame a little bit. Obviously, with Jason being my cousin, one of my first memories of music was actually going to the Milledgeville, Georgia Kmart and buying his Hicktown music video. I mean, that was 2005. So, I mean, I was four years old when that came out. And so, for me, you know, that was kind of music was always around me. I mean, honestly, and I remember dressing up as Jason Aldean for halloween back in like 2006 and knocking on doors and people were like well who is that you know and now i don't think anybody has any any trouble you know knowing who jason aldean is i mean he's he's just put out a few good records that's all that's that's all he's done yeah just a, just 28 number ones you know something something like that <laughs> well and you know as as you you know went along with your your music career you know you also picked up the guitar how did that come about and i mean was that something that you wanted to learn and and it came naturally or or was that something that just you know as you kept playing songs you, you knew you needed it yeah i mean so i really started singing you know i sang at my grandma's church and kind of you know messing around and then when i was in 10th grade uh funny enough we had a prom and we had a skit um, that required, you know, somebody to sing. So I got up in 10th grade and sang House of the Rising Sun dressed as a thought bubble, um, of all things. And people were like, okay, you can kind of sing, you know, a little bit. Like, let's, you need to start singing the national anthem. So I would do that at football games, and I kind of started a 
band after that little church band and we played some other you know backyard stuff and covered some music and you know those guys were a year older than me and they were about to go to college and i'm like well i need to learn how to play guitar so i didn't pick up a guitar till i was 17 um which is kind of late you know and so i started learning and really fell in love with it learned it quick learned i think i did a couple lessons and the guy finally you know one lesson picked up a electric guitar and said okay we're gonna learn how to shred and i said well i'm gonna leave um because i just wanted to play acoustic guitar and country music and so i kind of taught the rest you know to myself by just band practices and youtube and that's honestly the easiest way to learn it's what i tell anybody that wants to learn and I, you kind of touched on this, you know, when you, when, you know, Jason took you up to Nashville and you kind of got the bug there, but I mean, did you ever think about doing this as a career? Cause it's a different type of career. It's not like you, know, you went to, you went to college, you graduated recently. I mean, I don't think that's what your major was, but I mean, did you ever think that this was something that you could go, go into? No, not, not one bit. I was focused on, you know, I thought I want to go to law school, um, took the practice LSAT. And it came back and said, yeah, no, you're not going to law school. Um, you know, so dabbled in that and majored in political science, got a minor in communication because my advisor was like, look, you've taken seven public speaking classes. You just might as well take another one and get a minor. Um, but never, I never thought, you know, that music and, you know, entertainment would be what I would get into. But I'm glad that, that I, you know, am doing that for a living now. But never did I think that that would be what I would do. Now, now I'm afraid to ask this question just because of how young you are, but what music did you grow up listening to and what, what what's some of the music that still got an impact on you? Because I'm guessing it's not in sync. Oh, no, we're good. We're good. No, not in sync. Sorry, Justin Timberlake. Love Justin Timberlake. Just didn't know he was in NSYNC. Um, that's my that's my claim to fame. I'm the kid on national TV that didn't know Justin Timberlake was in NSYNC. Um, I have to live with that the rest of my life, but... I grew up, you know, in Georgia, we have, you know, so much, we're, so much music, just a rich history of it, you know, 15 minutes down the road from where I grew up, Otis Redding grew up, I mean, so that, the Allman Brothers were right down the road in Macon, Little Richard, obviously Jason, um, then you go to South Georgia, you got people like Luke Bryan, Travis Tritt, you know, go over to Savannah, and you got, you know, all kinds of folks that have written jazz music and go up to Atlanta, and it's kind of the mecca, you know, at the moment of rap music and and Christian music, and Sugar Lamb was one of my favorite bands as a kid. So, I mean, all those, you know, kind of came together, and I guess that my generation was the first generation with, like, iPods, and you didn't have to go to the store and buy a CD. You could just go on your phone and buy a song, and, you know, my iPod as a kid had everything from rap music to country music to gospel music and everything in between. So I really kind of listened to everything growing up, and, you know, I think that that definitely shows in some of my taste and things I cover and some of the songs I write is just kind of all over the place, which is a good thing. I mean, because I think that that when you look at our generation and, you know, fans of music now, we didn't grow up just listening to one thing on the radio. We kind of had everything. I'm just glad you know what an iPod is. Now, the bigger question is, do you know what a cassette mm-hmm. player is? Because I had one of those in my car when I... When I was 16. <laughs> I do. I know what a cassette player is. Uh, I got some stuff on vinyl. So I'm good. I'm good. You no, know, I I, my grandma had like a 98 green Honda Civic that she drove around with a bag phone laying in the floorboard. You know, so I, I'm I'm good. I, I know a little bit, but still don't know Justin Timberlake. <laughs> well, you win some, you lose some. If that's the worst thing that's happening, I think you're, you're doing all right. And 
you know, as you you've you mentioned it, you've got a wide variety of, of favorites. I mean, I think I read somewhere where you know you you love Elvis to Adele to Leonard Skinner. I mean. Is that just because you you had the ability to kind of listen to everything, or, or is there just something about each one of those types of people that just drew you to them? Yeah, I mean, I definitely think that it's a lot about you know the music and the sound and the fact that that was all available to me as a kid. You know, teenager mainly growing up when I started getting you know really heavy into I like music, but also I mean a, a cool thing is. I just kind of like, you know, the different style that all those people bring to the table. And obviously Elvis, one of the greatest performers ever, and Adele, one of the best vocalists ever. I mean, and kind of everybody brings something different. I think that was the coolest thing about growing up, you know, with an iPhone is you hear a song on the radio, you hear a song on iTunes or Spotify, and you can look up, you know, what they look like and what are their shows like. And I think all that just kind of drew me is just everything's different and every artist is different. And I think that that's cool. And, you know, one of those things that being a great performer is always something that I think a lot of artists aspire to be. And some of those are some of the greatest performers. And, you know, I think people that can go out and sing their butt off but also perform, you know, they do really well. I mean, I think that they, those are people that you sell a lot of tickets because people want to go to their show because they're not just going to sit there and sing. They're going to entertain you and they're going to perform. And all those guys that you mentioned, they can perform. Well, and it's something too when you can actually go to a show and it sounds like what you heard on Spotify or, or wherever, and then there's just even more that that they can put into a song. And I, I love this about you: uh, your suits and boots attire. Can you explain that when you hit the stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so I think the big thing was, like I said earlier, I thought I want to go to law school. Um, so I got some internships, had to buy a bunch of suits. You know, I spent a lot of time at the Milledgeville, Georgia Belk trying to figure out what size pants I wear. <laughs> and, um, you know, it was kind of one of those things, though, that I was super comfortable in it because all throughout college just having internships and jobs and whatnot, I mean, I wore that a lot. And it was something that was cool, and I wore a lot of cowboy boots. Um, I have a lot of cowboy boots, a lot of suits. Um, so it was kind of one of those things that when we started looking at, you know, okay, what's going to set you apart as an artist, that was kind of something that immediately came to mind was, you know, Suits, nobody really wears suits a whole lot and, you know, some cool cowboy boots. And so I thought it'd be something cool to do. And I love it. And, you know, everybody that's kind of seen it and that we've shared that idea with, they've loved it. So I think it's something that could work. But I enjoy it. And like I said, I like, you know, like being in a in a suit. I think that there's something about somebody in a suit that sets them apart. Well, and you got, like you said, you got them. You might as well put them to, to, to good use. And you mentioned too that you you know you just graduated, went to college. You you, you may, might have also minored in a, in having a good time too, like like a lot of us like to to do as well. I mean, what was it like being in the scene of that you know the Athens Georgia music scene? Because you know to me that's something a lot of people don't realize is how big that is and its impact on, on a lot of music. Oh gosh, I mean Athens is. I mean, it's kind of one of those places that, like you said, it's kind of underrated, but there's lots of, of music. And obviously, you know, with some of the music that's come out of there, um, and then just the music that comes through there with Georgia Theater and 40 Watt and some of the, you know, venues in Athens that people come and, and play. I mean, there's live music, good, high-level live music every single weekend. And 
that was definitely something, you know, when I was in school there, you know, you could catch a concert at the Georgia Theater or at 40 Water. There was always, you know, a big band or you could go across the street and listen to a jam band that was based out of Athens. And so it was always super cool. And like I said, I spent a lot of time in Athens, you know, at a bar drinking a beer, listening to live music. And, and that was all cool. And all those people that, you know, come out of Athens and, you know, are playing in Athens now, either as a college jam band or somebody that's trying to make it in the industry, they're all super creative people. Um, but Athens was a good place to kind of get your feet wet in the music scene because I promise you, I mean, there were bars that I went and played at and, you know, people were not afraid to let you know if you didn't sound good or if they didn't like what you were singing. And they also weren't afraid to let you know if, you know, you were doing a good job. So I had a lot of good times in Athens playing and it was absolutely awesome. Well, and, and, and since, you know, the, that time you've gotten to put out some music, uh, you know, your first single, um, If Jesus Was a Cowboy, I got to ask, did you really write that in like 20 minutes? And what was the inspiration behind it? Yeah, I mean, I wrote that song in about 25 minutes. Um, funny enough, my dad and I, I was home from Athens over spring break. Um, and my mom and sister were, I think they were at like a, some of the girls in our family did this little like girls weekend thing before Christmas. And so they were all over there and my dad and I started watching 1883, which is one of the spinoffs from Yellowstone. Um, we watched the first episode, you know, and it was, I, it just came to my head, just the title. And I said, dad, let me go write this down. You know, this title down, I had a little melody and I came back like 25 minutes later. I'm like, Hey, listen to the song. And he's like, well, that's, that's, that's not bad. And I'm like, well, Good. So, I mean, I started playing it, you know, for other people and kind of playing it whenever I, you know, would, would have a guitar at a party or at a, you know, at a show. And kind of one of those things that really just developed and it was quick. And like I said, it was a quick write, but the inspiration was definitely like that Western vibe. And so, I mean, I had a lot of fun writing it and kind of getting it from, from a bedroom, you know, my childhood bedroom to out for everybody to hear was a super cool experience. And, and I guess too, why why did you decide that was going to be you know your debut single? I mean, I'm, I'm guessing you might have had a couple choices, you know, in, in theory. But why why that one? Why did you want want that one uh, to to be you know what everyone gets to at least hear you for the first time? Yeah, I mean, I think one of the main things about it is you know that's kind of really my style of music. That like good, you know, can it, it'll cut deep a little bit. Um, which is kind of what I wanted to write and what I've always kind of wanted to put out. And, you know, it was a piano ballad and I've enjoyed, you know, the piano and it's an awesome instrument and it's one that, you know, I've learned to play a little bit. Um, but it's something that was just, it was cool. And it was something that I felt like people could relate to. Um, it wasn't just another song about, you know, a weekend riding dirt roads, drinking beer, which those songs are good too. You know, I listened to a lot of those songs, but you know, it was a different song. So it was a good one to put out, you know, as a first single. And so, and it's done, you know, pretty well, and people have been super receptive to it. Well, and, you know, we're, we're talking about this before, it, it, you know, your second single comes out, but by the time this episode drops, your second single will, will have come out, if you ask me. Now, I'm going to take a wild stab here and say that this isn't a personal experience, but I, I do love the song and just the storytelling on it. Correct. Yeah, no, I'm not married. <laughs> Um, I'm single and, uh, but it was a song that kind of, whenever I sat down to write it with the guy I wrote it with, Nate Kenyon, um, we had kind of talked about, you know, some ideas and had a lot of friends that were my age or a little bit older get married. And another song that, you know, it, it's a storytelling song. It's a personal song. It's a song that a lot of people have, 
you know, lived out because obviously, you know, being from the South and hopefully everywhere, but I know in the South it's one of those things where before, you know, a man asks a woman to marry him, he usually goes to her daddy and says, hey, you know, can I have your daughter's hand in marriage? And when we were thinking about wedding songs, that's one of the few things that had not been written about when it came to the wedding songs. And so it was something that I was like, you know, let's write about it. And uh, from the perspective of me, who one day hopefully is going to be able to ask somebody's father, um, you know, so it was it was a cool ride. It was a fun ride. And like I said, I think it's a song that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to. I, I love the line, too, uh, where it's uh, like she hasn't said yes yet. <laughs> I'm wondering if anyone's going to take pause there and go, uh-oh. I better think this through. <laughs> yeah, every time I play it live, people usually laugh. It's just one of those things that it's a super serious song. It's a song, you know, obviously about a wedding. And, you know, I, I like to be funny. And, you know, I, I used to play class clown all the time. And so I was like, you know, let's throw, you know, when Nate and I were talking about it and we wrote it and it was between that and another line. And he's like, I don't know, that's going to make it, you know, that may make it a little cheesy. I said, well, we're going to put it in there. And so we did. And like I said, people think it's funny, and they usually laugh whenever I play it. So I think it, it's it's going to be a good little touch on it. Well, I was going to say it's it's a great song, and I think what I love so far of you know the two songs that you've been able to to put out is just to me it's kind of got that a little bit of an older country feel to it, where there's a story to it. You know, there's some storytelling. You, you get get to actually see the visual play out there. I mean, is that kind of the sound and, and the style that you're hoping to kind of build off of and, 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 you know, make kind of your signature. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, I definitely wanted to make music and, you know, something where if somebody can hear that song and close their eyes and it takes them kind of to a place, you know, that's kind of what I've always wanted to do. And when I started, you know, getting into music and kind of the, just the entertainment business with the show and everything. And I've shared this with lots of people. It's one of those things where if I can, you know, as human beings and as people that work and have jobs and have kids and have bills to pay and everything, you have so much going on throughout your day. And if I can, whether it's an hour on a television show or four minutes on a song, if I can take you away and take your mind off of all of that, you know, or if you come to a show and I, and I sing to you for an hour, 20 minutes, you know, if I can take your mind off of all of that, you know, that's my, that's kind of what I want to do. That's what I've always said. You know, if I can just kind of get you from whatever you're thinking about onto you know, closing your eyes and going to a place, you know, that, you know, in your head or, you know, laughing at me on TV trying to eat a scorpion and figure out who Justin Timberlake is, then I've done exactly what I set out to do. Well, so far, so so good on that. And as we kind of wrap up, you can find them on social media, the at Real Logan Crosby uh, across social media, TikTok and Instagram and everywhere else. And I guess, you know, as, as you know, now that the show's claim to fame's over, you're you've put out two singles. What what's what can folks expect from you as, as you know the rest of twenty twenty two plays out? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, gonna be writing a lot. Um gonna be writing a lot, trying to, to get some good music kinda put out and ready to go and then, you know, playing some shows and, and just kinda getting ready and keeping up some some good stuff on social media, so kind of just moving forward as an artist and you can find me somewhere in suits and boots, probably drinking a beer. <laughs> and maybe a Miller light at that. And, and I guess my last question is, is, you know, obviously everyone knows your cousins, Jason Aldean. I mean, has he given you any advice on, on just what to expect in this crazy industry that is, is, you know, country music? 
Yeah, I mean, he he's given me a lot of advice, and kind of the biggest piece of advice has always been, you know, find yourself as an artist and do that. You know, it's kind of always one of those things that make good music, entertain people, and you're going to be fine. And that's kind of been the biggest thing is, you know, find out who you are and then do that. I mean, obviously, he's got an incredible story of, you know, getting dropped by some some labels and different people and people not really believing in him and, you know, I'm sure those people are kicking themselves now, but his biggest thing has always been find yourself, find your voice, and find, you know, who you want to be as an artist and just go. Well, I think, Logan, so far you've done that. I've loved the the two singles that you put out. If you haven't listened to it yet, If Jesus Was a Cowboy, and, of course, his latest one, If You Ask Me. And, Logan, thank you for sharing a drink and, you know, talking, uh, you know, your, your story and journey so far with me. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me on.